Hi everyone, my name is Steven Wakabayashi and you're listening to Yellow Glitter, Mindfulness Through the Eyes and Soul of Queer Asian Perspectives. This episode, we're joined by our extra special friend, Anch. Anch is a multi-talented artist and jewelry designer based in Los Angeles. His unique pop outre aesthetic blends elements of pop culture, fantasy, and humor in unique highbrow, kitschy designs that captivate the imagination. Anch often features whimsical characters and unconventional materials such as candy, toys, and found objects. His work has been featured in museums such as the Metropolitan Museum of Art and worn by celebrities like Paris Hilton, Kate Moss, and Nicki Minaj. Hi, Anch. Welcome back. Hi, Stephen. How's it going? I miss you. I've missed you too. I remember last we had you on, it was during the pandemic and it's been a while since then and the world has changed and I'm so glad and excited to sit with you in conversation again. Likewise, I feel like we've all grown and you know we're just grateful to be alive. Yes, absolutely. And I thought you had some interesting things that you were chatting to me about that I was like, we have to make this episode into a podcast. And I think one thing that has stood out to me, especially with you, is really this aspect of dreaming and the concept of embracing dreams. And I thought it was really interesting how you told me about this activity that you do after you sleep about capturing your dreams and this thing that you call a dream diary. Could you explain to listeners what that is? Yes, of course. So, well, when I'm awake, I have a visual diary, which instead of writing in it, I would draw in it. But when I'm asleep, I decided that I should basically document what I've dreamt throughout the evening. So I've trained myself to wake up middle of the night and write down whatever happens in my dreams, key points and key elements and colors and feelings. And when I'm awake, I will do a deep dive on what those elements and things mean. Wow. So I have so many questions about that. The first is just how do you get better at that because I know sometimes for me when I go to sleep I don't have a dream necessarily and I'm just curious if you were always dreaming every single day or is that something that you kind of had cultivated within yourself you know I think that in general I dream a lot both daydreaming and dreaming at night and it's one of those things where I had to really train myself to wake up in the middle of the night and immediately write it down before I forget. Because I know that a lot of times after we wake up, within the first maybe three minutes, you'll forget everything you've dreamt. And to me, it's such a waste because those are really fun adventures and inspirations and might be also messages that your subconscious is trying to tell you. So I think it was in a span of a maybe three and a half months that I was able to really master that skill of waking up, writing it down and training myself to fall right back to sleep. And the craziest thing is even I'm able to jump right back to that same part of the dream and continue the storyline, if that even makes sense. Oh, yeah. Okay, then question for you. What was the last dream that you had? Let me go check my dream diary right now. Give me a second. <laughs> sometimes it's hilarious and okay so the last one okay this one's actually really scary and I'm gonna just read it to you okay. guy wanted to control my car and make it crash 
So I jumped out of it and told the security from my gated community to help me. I ran to the security guard and laid next to him <laughs> while, while the car exploded. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> okay, what does that mean? <laughs> You know, I actually did not deep dive into that one, but I can tell you the one that happened before, Mm -hmm. which was kind of interesting. A friend of mine giving me Botox on my forehead while I drank black coffee. (laughs) (laughs) And you know what? Maybe my dreams don't make sense, (laughs) but they're interesting. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I could see it as just like random reels that's just happening. I mean, March 23rd and getting Botox. <laughs> Mar- March 23rd, Taylor Swift and I met on a set of a music video shooting for a laundry detergent. I was about <laughs> to take a selfie of myself and she thought I was about to take a photo of her. So she put up her middle finger and I told her, relax, sis, I'm taking a photo of myself. Maybe we shouldn't talk about dreams. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, this is kind of funny. This is... <laughs> Oh, that. <laughs> no, but you know what? This dream actually gets better, okay? I knew I'm going to read it. Okay, read it. <laughs> we went back to my place and she was playing with my full size sex dolls. <laughs> I had five. And <laughs> it said, we held hands in bed and shared my Wi Fi password with her. <laughs> She was posting a video asking fans for melodies that they knew so that she could write it into a song. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe this episode That's is so not good. Really that great. <laughs> okay. <laughs> this is so funny because I feel like the beginning of this podcast, it just felt like we were going to go into, and this is inspiring me, this, but it sounds like this dreaming is just like all these interesting adventures that <laughs> a little dark a little quirky bizarre but you know Stephen, yes. i think you i don't know if you guys know this but i just addressed you as multiple people <laughs> but oh, i don't yeah, know if you listeners. know this yes but i don't watch movies tv shows play video games so i don't have a form of escape and my mm. only escape is creating art and making fun stuff for myself so for me, my dreams and these adventures that I go on in my dreams is my ultimate escape. And yeah. sometimes they're bizarre and crazy. Sometimes it will give me little pointers of what is mm. about to happen in real life. And when I say that, it means because you know how there are key elements that sometimes will jump out at you. And I'll go and do some dream research on what these key elements might mean. And a lot of times it really reflects back to what is happening in my real life. Interesting. I was going to say, like, for example, in March 1st, I was dreaming that I saved a lot of little tiny fishes and I was saving these shrimps and putting them back into the water. And the meaning of that apparently means when you're saving fishes, it means that in real life, you are going through some kind of trauma that you are about to find a solution for. And it's interesting because that was what I was going through at that time in my life. Interesting. 
where are you going to do this research? I sometimes do this too. And I just Google it. And mm-hmm. I feel like I get like so many websites. I'm curious if you have one that you're like, Ooh, or you just generally just Google it too. <laughs> <laughs> you know, the truth is Stephen, I will go through all the websites and I'll see all the different meanings and mentally I will eliminate all the meanings that are bad and I will absorb all the ones that are good, if that makes sense. So for example, if I'm eating a Mandarin orange and some people might mm-hmm. reinterpret it and say that that is good luck and yeah. you know there's prosperity, I will take that. And if some website said that, oh, it's because you're about to die, then I will pretend I never read it and it mm. never happened. That works. <laughs> <laughs> but I do believe in you have the power to change your destiny and Mm. your life. Mm. So you can choose to believe the bad or the good. And I think I I choose the latter. Um, Everything, everywhere, all at once. The possibility of different multiverses, the pathway, the infinite possibilities of universes and pathways that exist with all around us, you know? Yes, very that. Yeah. And I'm just curious. What has your relationship been to dreams, especially as you were a kid? Was this also something that you embraced as a child or is this something that you grew more into? Yes, dreaming has always been a big thing for me because I think that I feel like one of my superpower is my imagination and being able to dive into my dreams and daydream away and just kind of set intentions on what I'd like in my life, what I want to be as an adult and how I want to manufacture or create this character for myself was always something that it was a constant act of, how would I say that? It was a constant thing. (laughs) I've always dreamt a lot. And I do also have recurring dreams that happened when I was a child. And it's very bizarre. And I could maybe this is the first time I've ever even vocalized it. I would dream that I was a tire that is on the ground and a bunch of trucks will drive past me. Oh, Sounds like a fever dream. And, Do you um, feel like another... life is passing you by? <laughs> what does that mean? <laughs> I don't know what that meant. And I actually have probably should go dive into that because that was a recurring dream that always happened. Mm-hmm. And another dream that always happened was I would be a little bird. And that little bird would be in a nest alone and looking out of the nest, which was really high up, looking mm-hmm. for my parents. Mm-hmm. It was a recurring dream. And I think for that dream specifically, I had that dream all up until years after I moved to America. And I think it could also mean that I've always been very independent and I've always lived alone. So I was probably looking for security in my family. And when I mean my family, meaning my chosen family. Yeah. That's so fascinating because I had another guest on this podcast, Haruka, and she's a visual artist and she actually wrote stories about her being transported across countries and oceans with also the mythical figure of birds and dragons and creatures of flight. And I find that interesting, especially for you, having come from Taiwan when you were also a little kid. Yeah, I think that I wish I had this habit of creating a dream diary as a kid, because I think a lot could be explored through the messages that I was given 
or the feeling that I went through for my transition from being in Asia, coming mm-hmm. to America, mm-hmm. and trying to find my authentic self. Because it definitely wasn't easy being in a culture that was so uptight and living in this little box where you're trying to please your parents and coming to America where I was free to do everything I want and I guess reinvent myself to the person I am today. Yeah. And coming out of it, or I'm just curious, like we're on the, we're on the same thread of family. Do you have other family members who also engaged in this practice of just dream writing and dream embracing analyses or do you find that is something that just came naturally for you i actually always tell my mother about my dreams and she would be Mm. fascinated because she can't remember anything (laughs) and Mm -hmm. she's very surprised that i'm able to remember very just intricate details of everything that happens including the colors and the patterns and how it made me feel and the smell of my dreams. And I will tell her about things that she would just be surprised. For example, there's this one time, this was after my great grandmother have passed away. I dreamt that she called me on the phone and she told me about this wedding that we have to go to during our summer vacation and we have to go visit. And I woke up and told my mom about it. And she had no clue what I was talking about. But that exact summer, so this is three months after the dream happened, we went to my great-grandmother's great-grandson's wedding. And I wouldn't have known about it because that is such distant family. And when I was at the wedding reception, I told my mother, I said, Mom, remember I told you this was happening? And it's just kind of fascinating how I feel within your dreams I feel like people that are with you or in a different space are able to communicate with you in a way where I don't think that they could have with a medium or Mm -hmm. Ouija board or anything of such. That's fascinating. It's forecasting the future. Deja vu. Yeah. Yeah. It's very strange. And it's happened a couple of times. There was another time where we went on a family vacation and we went to this hotel and I told my mom, I said, mom, I've been here. And it was impossible because this was this new place that, you know, none of us have been. And I told her, I said, when you walk all the way down, there's a fountain. And when you turn right, there's a gift shop. And that gift shop has a puppy inside of it. And I basically described everything. And she was very surprised that I was on point with everything I described. Mm -hmm. So I definitely do feel like in your dream state, not only do you live this fantasy life, but you might also be living in a different dimension and you're able to relive that in your waking life. Interesting. At some point. Fascinating. And I'm just curious, and you mentioned this earlier, which is around like shifting and changing your destiny. (sighs) Do you feel like you have also done the same with your life? I think so. Since I dream so much, And I don't know if this is called manifestation. I don't know if this is called setting intentions, but I definitely dream things into reality Mm -hmm. where there are companies and people and friends that I have wanted to be part of their lives so badly. And I would dream about them all the time that it comes true. Mm -hmm. And I think that would 
for example, I would dream about working with Keith Haring, which is my favorite artist on the whole, this planet. And I would dream about working with Tokidoki and different brands that I love so, so much. And in real life, it manifests itself and it happens. I don't know if it's the way I set my intentions. I don't know if it's because I always truly believe that whatever I, my heart desires and whatever my dream, I guess, I, whatever I really dream of, it always comes into fruition. Yeah, that's interesting. Let's talk a little bit about your collaborations. And I'm just curious, you mentioned, especially with this project with Keith Haring, my question to you is, what about Keith Haring made you really interested in collaborating with them? And what are you working on together? So as a young kid, I would go through these Keith Haring books and I would be captivated by his drawings. It's for, and they look like comic doodles and the colors that he uses and just the simple shapes that would really represent dancing men and glowing babies and barking dogs that I was so inspired by him without really knowing the story behind this wonderful man. To me, they were like comic strips, but in a very artsy way. And when I was in my teens, my mom gave me a couple of Keith Haring books. And that's when I started realizing, I was like, wow, this guy is amazing. He has done so much for the LGBTQ community. He's done so much for the AIDS Foundation and really helping a younger generation to appreciate art and bring art to the masses. And when I realized that, I was just so blown away by the power of one person and how much a guy with a dream can change the world and change the, the way people viewed art. And with that said, I've always dreamt that I would live in a time where him and I could interact. So what I actually, as a kid, would dream about hanging out with him and drawing with him and dancing around in his studio, just playing with paint, which is so bizarre when, when I think about it. And I was approached by the Keith Haring team licensing team, I would say maybe eight or nine years ago. And we discussed on potentially working on a project together. And it never came into fruition, which was a little heartbreaking because he is the artist that has inspired me growing up. A lot of the ways that I draw and illustrate was highly inspired by him. And last year at a licensing expo, we reconnected and now we have a jewelry collection coming out that would be for the Broad Museum because he's having a retrospective art show over there. And I am just so over the moon that this has finally come full circle and that I'm able to create something that I think will make him proud. Yeah. And can you also share a little bit about maybe what are you working together on? For this project, we're creating yeah. necklaces. So we have five different pendants and they are featuring the Keith Haring iconic art on it, along with liquid that is floating inside of it. And the reason why I designed the pieces that way is because to me, Keith's art really shows a lot of movement and it's alive. So if I want to create an art piece, wearable art 
for Keith, I think that it should be alive in a way. So when there's floating liquid inside of a necklace, whenever you're wearing it, it always shows movement and it's ever changing, which I really think represents what Keith Haring's art is about. So it is my first time creating anything like this. It was quite the challenge. When there's a will, there's a way. And I'm so proud that it will be featured in the museum gift shop and it will be available for all the Keith fans to purchase. That's so cool. It reminds me of the, (laughs) when you said liquid, floating liquid in necklace, I don't know why. I just thought about when Angelina Jolie was wearing the necklace with what's his name? Billy Bob Thornton. Billy Bob Thornton's blood. (laughs) (laughs) Or, you know, we could tie it back to liquid dreams. You know what I mean? There's Uh, so much we can talk about there too. (laughs) uh, That's so funny. Yeah, it's, I think that's super cool. And just this ability to bring to life what you're imagining. And I think a lot of the times too, in working with people to envision a new future or a new career or going somewhere completely different than where they are. There's this fundamental need to have to be able to imagine that. And it's funny because I was just doing a talk with my organization a few weeks ago about the power of also creativity to our historically marginalized community and why it's so essential in shifting our community's narrative is because creativity is exactly what we need as individuals to be able to change the trajectory of where we want to go in the future versus right continuing down the path of like a job being a doctor lawyer whatever it is right that your parents wanted to or charting something new brand new that really intrigues and interests you And I think there's so many ways we can slice and dice this, but there's just so much to, there's just so much to be said about how important it is to dream, to be creative, to do all these things that help us deviate away from maybe getting stuck, right, in a routine that has gone on way too long, or we're just not changing the trajectory of our lives in the way that we want it to. I agree. And, you know, I get it. And I think we all get it that being a doctor is important. We need doctors around, but we need creative people too. That's how we're able to escape. That's how we're able to really dive into our imagination. Video games are created by artists. I think a lot of times people don't realize how important what we're doing is for the community. Absolutely. Yeah. And Let's touch on another collaboration, right? So what is another collaboration that you did recently within the past few years that you're also really proud of that encapsulates dreams, creativity, all that stuff? I'm working on a Hollywood 100 project. So this year is the 100th anniversary of the Hollywood sign. Mm-hmm. And it's also it also marks the 20th anniversary of me living in America. And to me... I am living my American dream and being able to work with the city of Hollywood and create a bunch of capsule collections with brands that I love, I feel like is my dream, like my ultimate dream come true. And I remember when I was back in Taiwan as a kid, I've always thought how cool it would be to just live 
in Hollywood and live in Los Angeles. And I didn't know what I would do here. I thought I was going to be a mermaid, to be honest. <laughs> but after coming here and building my career and meeting so many wonderful people and realizing that my true calling is being a designer and creating products that will allow people to have a mental escape and live their fantasy life. Being able to create so many different capsule collections with Hollywood, the city that I love, has been so surreal. And I feel like it is years and years of dreams that all gathered together and now it's all just blossoming into what we're creating this year. So for a lot of the collaborations that we're create, are working on includes Tokidoki, includes the Creme Shop, Mova Globes, all of these companies that I've loved and adored so much throughout the years and have dreamt of working with. And it's all coming together. It feels like all these puzzle pieces from all over are finally fitting in into this giant picture and a giant sign <laughs> that spells Hollywood. Yeah, it must be quite a milestone, right? I think being able to move from this space where you are collaborating with individual brands. Now, you're basically helping to curate this larger scale project, bringing on other collaborators, other people that you admire. I think it's such a beautiful way to really push your capacity of just your creativity, inviting others, this collaboration aspect. But also I think it's a great timing with, what did you say, 20 years in America. Can you imagine 20 years? <laughs> <laughs> I definitely feel like America is my home. And I think another thing that, you know, fills my heart with gratitude is that I am a person of color that have moved here to live my Hollywood dream and to be chosen to be the, the collaborator to work on this project meant a lot to me. And I think that we're in a place where I see change in the way Hollywood is navigating. I am the living proof that Hollywood is shifting towards a direction that is more inclusive. And that is amazing. We never saw that back 20 years ago. Yeah. 20 years ago when you got your start in Hollywood. It's going to be such a blast to see everything also come to life. And I think also some of the stuff that you create is just so unique, so playful, so dreamy. And I'm just curious also now moving away from like the collaborations and all this stuff. I love some of the fun, kitschy things that you make. Like one of my favorite pieces that you've done is like that gold chicken wing necklace <laughs> are you hungry right now <laughs> i'm kind of hungry <laughs> which i think is so iconic and i just it's just some things that i just haven't seen out there and i, I think especially when it comes to jewelry and self-expression so often people just want those like solid simple things and what i do appreciate about your work is it's just fun it's childish in a good way it's capturing the whimsy of a childhood and the carefree and playful nature of it i'm just curious especially we have people listening who are also creative folks and i'm sure you've faced this dread of just like maybe like creator's block 
right? Or just like moments when you're like, okay, I've created all these amazing things, collaborations. I'm just curious if you've one ever faced any creative roadblocks on the way to making some of these really interesting things. And if you have, do you have any tips for people on how to just get through things? When you're going through your roadblock, still continue to create. Just like how when an artist or a person that is trying to illustrate something, an idea, a concept, when they go through a creative block, they should continue to still make it a habit to, to write down, draw, illustrate, doodle every day. Because our brain is a muscle. You have to keep on working that muscle. I know that I do that when it comes to creating stuff. I have maybe 25 sketchbooks that are filled with different ideas and concepts. Some of them are great. Some of them are trash. But out of all the designs, out of the 50 trash designs that I've created, there's going to be five or six that are so amazing. And at some point, I could utilize that and bring it to life. And for my friends out there that are going through that right now, one thing that never failed me is food because food inspires me so much. And that's probably why you brought up the chicken wing. Food is a universal language. You could have people from all over the world sit at a dining table. And if nobody speaks the same language, at least you could speak the language of food. So I always say my fallback for anything is create something inspired by food. That is something that I feel like I've mastered. And I will continue to create food inspired jewelry and accessory and designs. It's like now that you say it, I've actually done the same. We're all just write random things together, we'll take pictures of random things. And when it comes time to the posting or just like putting out into the real world, I'll go through the Rolodex of all the things that I've done that maybe at the time I was also being a little bit too critical, right? Or it's just there's a lens to something that didn't allow me to get it out. But somewhere down the line, I'm like, actually, that wasn't that bad. Let me like work on that, tweak it, get it out. And I think that like what you said is just opening up a lot of thoughts for me. I've just like the words of like compassion come to mind, especially with our creativity, mindfulness of our creativity, not having to judge it, just being able to create yeah. And you know, Stephen, I don't know if you do this, but I used mm -hmm. to do it. This was a really bad habit of mine as whenever I drew something that wasn't perfect, I would throw it away. Mm -hmm. I would trash. And I realized that there is no bad drawings. There's no bad ideas. It's just you are exercising your creativity. So now whatever I draw, whatever I create, I keep everything. I don't throw away anything. So borderline a hoarder, but I would say that's the kind that you probably want to be. <laughs> I think that also kind of ladders up into your activity of, of your dream diary, right? It's like, you're like, I had this dream. I'm not going to judge it. I'm just going to write it down, just observing what's happening and then just embrace it. I think the creative process that you're explaining kind of feels the same way where it's like putting something down, manifesting it into like a physical thing, whether it's like a drawing illustration and just letting it be and not having to judge it, not having to have some thoughts about it. Yeah, because you never know. Maybe we'll write it into a novel one day. <laughs> Could you imagine a novel about Taylor Swift giving me Botox? <laughs> While you're drinking coffee. <laughs> While drinking black coffee, yes. <laughs> I think it's so funny of those like little details. It's like not just a drink, 
but it's no, it's black coffee. Black coffee. It is shooting a video with Taylor Swift about a laundry detergent. <laughs> <laughs> and by the way, Stephen, you taught me one thing a couple yes. of days ago when we we're on the phone. It was about mm-hmm. manifestation and mm-hmm. setting intentions. Mm-hmm. And you mentioned there is a difference between those two. And I'm just curious as to what they are. And I think that people need to know. Yeah. So I hear the word manifesting a lot. And I think for many years, I had been sitting with that, but also sitting with like, how do we also recognize and call forth privileges, access that people might have that is different from other people. And I was trying to also find a word of how do we articulate the way in which we leave the door open for us to invite a different future, to receive, change trajectory, to dream, like you mentioned. And the word intentionality came up versus manifestation. And I had watched the video. Have you ever watched the video? What was it with Oprah was in it? And it was called... It's yes. all about manifestation. And yes. what was that called? The secret. A, yes. It was a secret. I, and I had watched it. I watched it. a secret <laughs> multiple times. It was one of my favoritest <laughs> Netflix thing. <laughs> and I was like, for many years, I was like, okay, this is interesting. Tell me more. But when I sat with it more and more, there's a few things that shine very glaringly. Most of the people are white, straight. male and something that I was like huh this especially in my work in social activism what I recognize more is there's just some identities that end up with more privilege not because of themselves enacting it but because societally we put different identities and a pedestal and I think the part that I started becoming more aware of was the fact that maybe some people have privileges that they're masking behind the word manifestation. And yeah, and especially when TikTok was blowing up a few years ago, I'd watch all these videos of people on TikTok going, I just manifested it. And it's like, okay, break it down. And especially in my work with the nonprofit and figuring out how are we creating pathways for queer BIPOC folks to break into the creative industry? I can't just be like, okay, just believe it and it's going to happen. But I have to actually try to figure out how we can move the needle for people. So, oh, I do think a part of it is shifting our belief system. I do think there's a part of just acknowledging and articulating like what is actually happening, right? And so I think the one word that I've been kind of landing on has been intentionality, right? being more purposeful with how we think about ourselves, of others, the work. Are we setting intention before we even conduct business, moving forward with our life? And to me, that word has been so much better than just manifestation because I feel like manifestation could also be really lazy in itself, right? It's like, as long as you believe it's going to somehow happen, but with intentionality, it's actually, it's not just the fact that you believe, but it's the fact that you have to set forth a purpose and yeah, a vision. To- and then once you set it on the ground, then you can allow that to plant into the garden. But manifestation to me, it felt more like if I just think about a garden flourishing, it's going to somehow flourish. But you didn't see like 50 people come by, till the soil and plant the seeds for you. You're like, yeah, yeah. happen. But intentionality is, okay, what am I wanting to happen? And the purpose behind it and how do I 
but put like in the that. hard work. Exactly. No, I think that is so accurate. I think that I don't know if it's a Gen Z thing, but a lot of them are sitting back and relaxing and just manifesting their life away and just hoping that by saying it out loud, things will just happen. And it's not the case, at least not for me. And I don't think it's for you too, because I know how hard you work to get to where you're at today. Absolutely. Yeah. And I think there's so many things too of just like trials and tribulations especially when we're underrepresented in the industry like especially for you in hollywood and just being surrounded by all these people especially even like fine arts i feel like the representation of asian fine artists queer asian fine artists who are even like jewelry designers here in the united states i feel like it's not that popular and common and i'm wondering my question to you is especially with setting forth a vision and all this stuff and setting forth dreams and intentionality. How has it been for you in your journey? Like, has it been easy? Has it been a lot of work? For my journey till this day, I feel like I'm still taken as a joke. I'm still within my industry of fashion and jewelry and accessory. I'm still not being taken seriously, but that's okay. It's okay because I know where I'm taking myself. I know where my intention's at. I know what my end goal is. And I don't mind what other people say. I don't mind what they, because they, everybody can have an opinion of me and what I do. I'm just the guy that creates chicken wing necklaces. I'm just the guy that puts a giant ice cream cone on a neck. But what I realize is I've set trends and I'm changing the way people view fashion and accessories. And I know what my end goal is. My end goal is to create a, not just a huge company that, you know, will sell internationally, but my end goal is I want to be able to continue to inspire younger artists and creators to have the confidence of stepping out of the box, creating weird, quirky things and knowing that what they're doing is considered art. And at some point, they will find success through that. I feel like one of the things that makes my heart smile is to know that I've inspired another creator, not by just my art, but also with inspiring them to be true to themselves. Because I feel like I live a very authentic life where I am out there frolicking, wearing some rainbow outfit or doing my gym times and doing what my heart pleases at that moment. And when I have different personalities that would message me via DM telling me that I've inspired them and I have inspired them to come out of the closet or start their transition and all of that, to me, I, it makes me realize that what I have done and my sacrifices were all worth it. Yeah. I love waking up and saying your 5.30 a.m. Good morning. (laughs) (laughs) I know. I really love that. I'm like, (laughs) yeah. It's important for me to hold myself accountable too, because I do wake up at five every day and want to hopefully inspire others to do the same and not wake up that early, but meaning wake up and smile and and know that today is going to be a great day because I do believe that you have the power to change 
at least the energy that you're putting out there mm. and change the day. Yeah, you might live in the gutter, but if you wake up happy living in the gutter, then you know the rest of the day is going to be pretty great because you're content and you are, I guess, surviving with a smile. It's choosing to see if the glass is half full or half empty. Yeah. And you are very inspirational. And since I've known you as a friend over the past, it's been a handful of years, many years, actually. Time time (laughs) flies so fast. You know, restaurants (laughs) that we used to go to are no longer. (laughs) They're all shut down. (laughs) (laughs) What's that Uh, salad place we used to love? Soup Plantation. (laughs) It's Uh, It's no longer. Wait, and then we go to like a vegan restaurant that closed down at for one point. We're like, we need to stop going to places because they because we're ruining it. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, so good. What I was gonna say was, just since I've known you, I think you've always carried yourself as a very authentic individual, and almost so childlike in the sense of carrying your heart in your sleeve but just so also genuine in that way and compared to many people i know who you know aren't very in touch with their emotions but also have so many layers to their personality i feel that you're one of the very few people that i know that you're like this is me this is all you get <laughs> yeah nothing more nothing less <laughs> nothing more nothing less and i really deeply appreciate that about you Thank you. I think social media especially is so toxic Mm. with a lot of personalities and creators out there only showing one side of Mm. their lives. And that's just unrealistic. I don't want to be that. I want to always showcase what's real. When I'm going through a shitty day, you're going to know it. When I cry, you're going to see it, you know? And It just so happens that most of the time I'm pretty bubbly and upbeat. When those dark clouds hover above me, you will know Mm. that I'm not having it today, but I am doing my best to try to see the rainbow through Mm. the clouds. Yeah, yeah. And I think the things that you're also setting forth is just really intentional as well. And I'm just curious, looking into the future for you. What's coming up? What do you have in mind? It seems like you have so many exciting things that are also coming up and you also have planned all the way like into 2024 and beyond. (laughs) Yeah. I think by this time this podcast is out, we would have already announced the Teletubbies collection for 2024. That's so exciting. I am really excited about that. I grew up loving Teletubbies. They were (laughs) my just everything. And we're actually making them queer icons for Pride 24. Mm. And to work with a company that is so ahead of their time and is willing to really step out of the box and allow me to create a different narrative for their intellectual property really makes me so, so happy. And we were actually just on a conference call yesterday and I was thanking the team for taking it there and for Mm. allowing us to go there without Mm. holding us back, without telling the creators that this is the only thing you can do because this is the story we want to tell. And I think that we all have different experiences and different dreams that we want to take 
our childhood favorites. I'm sure you want to take Johnny Bravo somewhere that Johnny Bravo probably would not be taken you know, by Disney. And for me, it means a lot to be that person to help tell a different story for Teletubbies. So that is for Pride 2024. And I'm going to put this out there since we're talking about the future. Okay, so one of my main goals and dreams is I want to be a creative director for Moschino at some point. To me, that would be really fun to reimagine a brand that I grew up loving and to see Jeremy Scott take it to a place where I idolize and I think is so amazing. I want to have my part in that too. Oh, setting the intention. Setting the intention on yellow glitter. (laughs) On yellow glitter. You heard it here, folks. (laughs) Yes. And another company that I would love to work with, and I'm just setting Mm -hmm. another intention now, is Mattel Barbie. I think that growing up, Mm -hmm. I was definitely highly inspired by Barbie. Mm -hmm. And what I love about Mattel is Mm -hmm. that they're so inclusive. And they are doing their part to make all the kids and young adults and well, full grown adults to feel like they are being seen. And I appreciate that. And I support a company that sends out that message. I love it. I hope something comes your way. I hope so. That would be great. That would be great. But with that said too, 2024 is going to be another big year. I'm working with brands that I personally love, including Mm. Pink's Hot Dog. Do you remember Pink's Mm. Hot Dog? Yes. It's very iconic in LA. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, So we're working with Pink's Hot Dog to reimagine the brand in a way that it is not just a food, I guess, a delicacy. It is going to be a fashion experience. Let's put it that way. That's fascinating. Yeah, I think they're one of the first viral food places in LA, right? I think so. Yeah. Yeah. And at anywhere you go in Asia, if you mention Pink's hot dog, they're going to be like, oh, yeah, the best hot dog on the planet. <laughs> and it's just very exciting to work with. I love food. So it just makes sense. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. That is wonderful. And I wish you all the best with those and can't wait to see what you come up with and all that you also create and place into the world, which is your intentionality and also your manifestation of your joy and your authenticity. And as we get to the end of our podcast episode, I have a few quick questions to ask you. Yes. Yeah. One, what is something that is bringing you joy lately? The one thing that brings me joy lately is to live in the moment. That's something that I never did in the past years. I always lived in the future and lived thinking of what is next and what I have to do after. And it's always living a couple months ahead. Mm -hmm. And I think during the pandemic, it taught me that our life is so short. We need to live in the now and enjoy Mm -hmm. the moment that we're in. And whenever I'm spending time with my friends or my dogs or going on a hike or just going to get coffee by myself, enjoy that moment because you never know if it's ever going to come back ever again. Yeah, I think we're still seeing deaths from COVID. And it's just one thing that I learned, especially in the mindfulness practice, we don't have the future. It's never mm-hmm. here. We can't mm-hmm. live. There. We also yeah. can't live in the past because the past has already happened. Yeah. And the only real 
tangible, actualized thing that exists is this very second, this very moment. Yeah, like right now, I am just grateful I'm talking to my friend and talking about dreams, talking about the salad place, whatever that's called. (laughs) Talking about the multiple restaurants that we've closed down together. Yeah, it's the side note with the soup plantation. It's not a great name, and I'm glad they canceled themselves before they got canceled. (laughs) (laughs) I miss the salad, and you know, the the soup bar was amazing. (laughs) Oh my god, the desserts and the cookies. Do you remember when I used to go, when we used to go, I would go to, to get the chicken noodle soup and just pick oh, yeah. out the chicken? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. We sit there for three, four hours and just eat and just pick out. It's probably why they're not opened anymore. It's people like us. <laughs> oh, that's so funny. Okay, question two. <laughs> what is something that you want listeners to take away with? I think I would love the listeners to be bold when they dream and dream big. Because I know that when you're bold with your dreaming and when you're bold enough to dream big, you're going to work hard to make it happen because that's part of your dream. How do you know if it's bold enough or big enough? I think when bold enough and big enough, just don't be afraid. Mm, and, fearless. and just, you know, a lot of times we, get, we hold back from dreaming because we feel like it's unattainable. But remove all those, scrap all that feeling. Go ahead and dream the most. If you want a private jet, dream about that private jet. If you want to collaborate with Kim Kardashian, dream about collaborating with Kim Kardashian. If you want to dream that you're going to be an owner of a restaurant chain, dream that. And also be specific with your dreams. Don't make it so vague where you're like, oh, I dream that I want a boyfriend or I dream that I have a car. Talk about the boyfriend. (laughs) I dream of having a boyfriend that's six foot two that is a doctor that drives a Tesla. (laughs) You know, be intentional and really dream big. I think that allowing yourself to do that is important. So I would love the listeners to take away and go ahead and dream and be bold with your dreams. Oh, I love that. I love that. I love that. Being fearless. What what are you going to dream about and of, Stephen? I want to know about your dream. Oh, what do I dream of? I have a lot of things that I want to accomplish. And especially with the organizations, the nonprofit, especially Kutipapak Design, I dream of us doing larger, grander projects with big brands, big organizations, and creating ways of empowering people who never had access to do design and creative work. And so that's on that board. And this year, we've been able to cultivate a slew of amazing partnerships with the community organizations like Out in Tech, Trans Tech, Queer Design Club. And I think for myself, one dream that I've been cultivating has been just really helping to grow my business side, not just a nonprofit, but the business side. And for the longest time I had been working in, right, 
the salary position and doing all these things as part of a company and helping companies develop and grow their backbone and standing them up and their creative teams. And I think the scariest part was saying, no, let me go do that on my own. And it's definitely been a big learning journey in the process. It's definitely not the easiest, but starting to see some fruits starting to pop up here and there. Though the asterisk is, I find myself doing a lot more sales work than the creative work itself. But I guess that's very much the nature of running a business and developing it, but just really excited for the challenges and the things that's coming my way. But my dream for that is I want to have it develop into small size agency, but also thinking about the clients we bring on, shifting away from those who just have money to diversifying our client base to include nonprofit partners, mission-driven organizations, and want to be able to figure out a way in which we can do some really cool creative work with some awesome brands that have a strong mission behind it to help others. I love that. This is another reason why I love you. You're always trying to help others. And that's even part of your dream. And I don't think that there are a lot of people out there that are like that. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. It's, you know, my story, right? It's like going from like deathbed to coming back. Like I feel that I'm just so, I don't know, like I still sit in gratitude every day. Like I'm just so grateful for my round two in life and this whole wanting and desire to help others was not just this like facetious goal, but really Mm -hmm. I'm like, at least let my round two be impactful onto others, you know? Yeah. And I had lived round one very much like it's all about me everyone look at me Uh, and I was just in the hospital for so long and during that one point in my life I just reflected as to the purpose of my life I wonder if you and I would have been friends during round one of Stephen oh I don't know I think we would have gotten along because you know I think we both have that side of us that is so fun and out there yeah. But I'm not sure if our friendship would be what we have what today. And I appreciate that our timing where we aligned was now. perfect. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And I feel like you're also going through a path of growth, self-actualization too. And we're on this linear journey path. together. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. And I appreciate that so much. And I appreciate you asking me that question too. I had never really thought about it in that way. It's important to dream. And I, I just, yes. I think that as an adult, a lot of us are afraid of that. It is scary yeah. though, because like you get Botox by, I don't know, Taylor Swift and drink black <laughs> coffee and eat mandarin oranges. I'd be petrified too. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, that is so fascinating. I wonder if it'll happen in the future. We'll earmark it. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? I hope so. <laughs> yes. And then last question for you. Yes. How can listeners find you? I think you guys should find me in your dreams, honestly. We should go on a little dream date together, holding hands and talk about everything and nothing. <laughs> but in all seriousness, you can find me on my Instagram, which is at mm-hmm. Onch, O-N-C-H. You can check mm-hmm. out my website, which is onch, O-N-C-H dot U-S, because there's a little bit of Onch in all of us. <laughs> and Twitter, which is also Onch and Facebook, which I think is Onch Movement, M-E-N-T. 
Awesome. Should I tell them my Venmo also? Yeah, drop your Venmo. <laughs> <laughs> Cash out. <laughs> love, love that. Stephen, thank you for having this wonderful podcast. This is what a great space for just creatives to talk about all of their experiences. And you are doing such a good job. Thank you so much. So appreciate it. And appreciate you for being on. And also for listeners, appreciate you for listening up to this point of the show and just appreciate cultivating community alongside us and being in conversation. And if you want to learn more about us, you can visit our website at yellowglitterpodcast.com to check out our newsletter to be notified of new episodes and also check out our old episodes as well. And with that, thank you for listening. Anch, thank you for being here. And from both of us here, we hope your day can be a little bit more mindful, a little bit more creative and dream on. Yes, dreamy for sure. Thank you for having <laughs> me, Stephen. Yes, thank you. And bye, everyone. Bye.